Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Friday, July 17th. Hey, Mark, should we not call it the Coronavirus Market Update? Should we call it the Coronavirus Money Update? Because I don't want to talk about markets so much anymore. It was like we started this with the idea that people were freaking out about the markets. What do you think? The Jill on Money Coronavirus something update. Financial update, economic All right. We'll keep it market for now. It's nice and easy. Uh, Anyway, this is the program that does attempt to help walk you through these completely surreal times. You can send us an email about anything financial. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. We had a little bit of a data dump yesterday. Two pieces of information. We had weekly claims that was sort of a good news, bad news. So there were 1.3 million people who filed for new unemployment benefits in the week ending July 11th. It was a drop of just 10,000 from the previous week's revised levels. So that was kind of a bummer. Now, the good news on this is that the number of people who are receiving unemployment benefits did drop down to 17 million. Okay, that's pretty good. 17.3 million about. That's good. So there's some good news. Wait, I got more bad news. Because then when I look at the pandemic unemployment assistance plan, which is the plan for those gig workers, remember that they had that extra plan in there and the pandemic emergency unemployment compensation benefits, That's 15 million people who are getting benefits. So you add those two up and we have 32 million people who are receiving unemployment benefits right now. Sometimes I don't know what to do with myself with these numbers. They're almost too big. A year ago, just to put this in perspective, there were 1.6 million people. There's 32 million now, 1.6 million a year ago. That's a biggie. Okay. We also got retail sales out. The retail sales report was better than expected. Sales were up by 7% from a year ago. We were expecting 5%. So the last two months, we've seen a big pickup. But here's your caveat on that. Kind of like a who cares, because this is essentially old data. And we don't know what's going to happen with the retail sales because of the recent slowdown of reopenings or even outright closures. And even with the bounce that we saw in May and June in retail sales, if we look at April, May, and June together, those three months, retail sales down by 8.1% from the same period a year ago. All right, that's it. That's your data dump. And um, we'll keep you honest with this. We'll tell you when it's important, when it's not. But a lot of the data becomes outdated very quickly because of how fast moving the virus is and the opening and closing processes. So now, with that said, let's get to your questions. Oftentimes, you'll hear me read an email and then I say, I need more information. So we got an email last week from Jesse. 
who had a question about buying universal life insurance policy. Jesse's husband, self-employed general contractor, and had disability insurance, but they were so high. So the question is, should we use some sort of hybrid product? And I said, I kind of need more information. So here's the information. They have an emergency fund. The retirement savings is decent for their age, about $110,000. You know, we're 30 years old. We have a family. So the current disability policy is about 90 bucks a month for a benefit of $2,134 a month if he were to become disabled. The universal life policy, 63 bucks a month for a $100,000 death coverage and a rider of $5,000 a month if he were to become disabled. Let me know if this provides more clarity and whether or not this is a good idea. Thank you and Mark so much for your time. I appreciate it. So Jesse was also smart because she took a screenshot of the rider itself. Here's what's really interesting. This rider is only payable for 12 months. Mm. What does your current disability policy pay for? I bet longer than that. So the benefit period is 12 months. That's it. I think that that's not great. And there's also like a tough definition of chronically ill. So you have to be certified as being chronically ill for 12 months. That's a pretty high bar. What if your husband just fell off a ladder, broke his legs, and couldn't work for half a year? You would want something to pay. So I have a feeling that in fact... This policy is not going to make sense. So I know that the disability is steep, but you have a husband who works in a field that is really, really a high-risk field. So I think we should be careful on this one and stick with what you have. Okay? I hope that helps. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's see. Wilson is asking about rental property. I happened to hear you on the radio recently. I thought I'd ask your advice. My wife and I converted our Seattle home into rental property about 10 years ago after we moved to a condo. The house has six bedrooms and is consistently rented out primarily to students at local universities. Tenants pay 650 bucks a month. We pay all utilities and upkeep. We own the home free and clear. The rental income, 43 grand. They spend about eighteen grand, which gives them, you know, twenty five thousand dollars of profit. The current value of the home, according to Zillow, is eight hundred sixty two thousand dollars. My wife wants to move back into the home for two years and then sell it to avoid capital gains. I want to keep it to continue to derive income while the value continues to escalate. If we move from our condo, we can only rent it to a relative per association rules. My feeling is that our return on investment is substantial. And even if we invested the profit from the sale, we could not realize the gain we're getting by keeping it as a rental. What do you think? Hmm. Okay. So they're making 25 grand on a, let's just, I'm going to do a little bit of math on an $862,000 home. Big deal. It's 3% return. I'm with your wife. I mean, well, okay. Let me say this. Let, Let me, let me back up. I think rental income is great. 
passive income is great. But I'm concerned, of course, that the process of being a landlord becomes a little less appealing as you get older. So there's two aspects of this. You know, is your return on investment okay? Well, not exactly. I mean, you're making 25 grand a year on an $860,000 investment. It's probably what you could, you know, safely withdraw from any mix of uh, index funds. If your wife really wants to do this, I love the idea of moving back and avoiding the the big gains that you will have. And I guess the other part of it is, you know, I don't know why your realtor says keep it as a rental. I think this is more of a lifestyle question than an investment one. Um, of course, I also love the idea. I don't know anything else about your life, but I like the idea of l- being liquid as you get older as well. So it's kind of up to you. I'm not a like a huge believer that real estate continues to just go up, 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 up. But you know, on the other hand, it has uh, recently, and so I don't want to get in the way of that. But I certainly wouldn't make it a big, huge line in the sand with you and your wife. The, the financial argument is not a great one, but maybe the appreciation will bear out your view. We'll have to see. Okay. Let's see. Janelle writes, I listen to your podcast every morning while getting ready for my telework day. Thanks to you and Mark for all you do. Okay. Here's my question. I'm single. My salary will increase to 125 grand this year. I max out my Roth IRA at the $6,000 mark. I know that I can't contribute the full max when I get to taxable income over 122,000. My question, for my thrift savings plan, I contribute to the max to the Roth 401k. When my salary changes, I can contribute maybe half to the traditional, half to the Roth to decrease my taxable income so that I can contribute the max to the Roth. Is this legal? Yes, there's total, it is legal. Are there any tax implications that will impact this? No, not necessarily. Is it worth it to do it? Mm, That's a little different question because, you know, if you think that your salary is going to keep rising, then having a Roth is a better option. But, you know, it seems like a lot of work to kind of get to the place where you want to go. But yes, it's legal. It's legit. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's not that hard to do, I guess, but it will not hurt you. Okay. So let's be clear about that. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This is a note from Pat. Thanks for the great podcast and being a voice of reason. I currently have $6 million in mutual funds. Mark, where is that? Where is that sounder? I need a bell. I need more cowbell. $6 million in mutual funds and 401k savings. I also own a commercial building, which produces approximately 17 grand a month in income. And I'm 64 years old. Should I continue to fund the 401k? I don't see our tax bracket changing much with retirement. Our 401k plan has not resulted nearly as well as my personal investments. Looking for guidance, we have no debt. Ah, Pat, forget about it. This is a definitely a tenth of 1% question. And don't worry about funding your 401k. It's not worth it anymore. Go for it. Pay the tax that's due and move on. You have done an amazing job. Six million. Six million in the bank, Mark. Shouldn't we aspire to that? Six is one of my lucky numbers, by the way. 
All right. That's it for the program. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, we have uh, so much ahead for the weekend, a fantastic two-part interview with one of my favorite smarty pants labor economists and retirement experts, Teresa Ghilarducci. Oh, she's been on my radio show, now the pod. It's going to be fantastic. So thanks so much for listening today. And if you've missed any of our previous podcasts, you can always find all of our stuff at the website, jillonmoney.com. And you can hopefully figure out a way to forward this podcast to someone who you think could use some financial help. Have them or you ask a financial question of us easily. You can do it through the website. We have a contact button or send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Okay. You know the drill. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing and lift somebody up today. Do something nice for somebody else. Okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 